What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello, and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, it is so good to be back with you. Yes, it is. Fired up. Glad yeah. to be here. Yeah, yeah. I am excited. Your your podcast is out, and the the audience loves it, right? And so we have you have a nationwide audience. And you're tackling some pretty good subjects. I'm really excited about today because this is almost a foundational thing for anybody who's working with an advisor or thinking about working with an advisor. You you pose seven questions you should ask a financial advisor. Yes. These are seven great questions that, you know, I can certainly answer. But the point is, if you're looking for an advisor and you're out there kicking the tires, these are seven questions you should ask anybody in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, I love the fact that the first one you're starting off with is a big one and something that people are a little bit gun shy about. So, and I hope you can answer these seven because I'm about to ask you these seven. You ready? <laughs> you better there be you able go. to answer. Good plan. Yeah. Good plan. <laughs> All right. The first one you pose is how do you get paid? And this is something where I think that a lot of people just maybe they're a little bit shy to ask this question or they're, you know, historically, and you you and I have actually talked about this on a previous podcast, historically talking about finances, talking about how much somebody gets paid is kind of taboo, right? But here's the thing, you're hiring somebody, you darn well better know how they get paid. That's exactly right. And, and a lot of times people will ask this question sort of in an indirect way, or it's not quite framed right. And what they'll say to me is, what do you charge? Mm, mm-hmm. What's your fee? And, and I'll say to them, you're on the right path, but let's let's dial that question in a little bit. It should be, how are you compensated or how do you get paid? And an advisor should be able to answer that very, very easily. Now, what you're looking for on the other side of the desk, the person that asked this question, you want to know if, if essentially the person you're in front of is going to try and sell you something or if they're going to provide value to you day in, day out and, and look out for your best interests. Now, that being said, I'm not here to run a charity. I tell people that all the time. You know, I might donate to charity, but I'm not running one, mm-hmm. that, I, that I am getting compensated, and, and rightfully so. But I also pride myself, and so does my team, on providing far more value than what we're charging people, mm-hmm. essentially. You want a trusted advisor in your corner that's teaching you something, giving you ideas, looking out for your best interests. And in my opinion, that comes with a fee-based relationship. Which, when, what that means is, an advisor gets paid a percentage, let's call it 1%, just for easy math, mm-hmm. of managing your pile of money. So if they manage a dollar for you, they get one penny per year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty simple. I like it to be simple. I mean, ultimately, we, we you know, in life, you as a consumer, you want to work with people that you enjoy working with, and you yeah. sure as heck want to trust them. Mm-hmm. And so part of that entire goal is understanding the money at hand. Because if if you're working with a coach for your money and finances, it's going to cost you something. Mm-hmm. So you better know what that is. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's like you said, 
people want to know what is being delivered. And we've covered that in other podcasts. You, you covered that in you know your, your second and third podcast, really talking about what it looks like to be a client and all the work that you guys do. And so if, if people go back and listen to that one, that's going to make a lot more sense as to you know, what the fees are for, you know, why you're charging what you're charging uh, and what you're doing in, you know, in totality for that fee. So I, I think that's fantastic. And another thing that you, you and I were talking off air, you're like, you know, if, if somebody's willing to barter or bargain, you know, they're going to negotiate their fees. That's another red flag, right? For sure. And, and I get that question as a consumer. I totally get it. If somebody says to me though, Corey, you told me what your fee is. I understand that you got to get paid. Will you negotiate that down for me? Because I just like to barter things down and I'll look them in the eye and I'll say, would you like me to provide half the value that I normally provide people? <laughs> and they'll say, well, no, I, I want all the value. Yeah. And I say, that's exactly why I do not discount my fee, nor should a good advisor. If the fee is the fee, that should be rock solid. Yeah. Yeah. If I need, if I need an attorney to solve something for me and they quote me their rate and I say, boy, you know, I, I'd still like this done, but can you, can you do it for half the price? I would hope that attorney would say, no, I'm worth the full price, <laughs> you know, yeah. or a surgeon, you know, if I got a major medical procedure, I'm sure as heck not going to try and negotiate the rate down. Yeah. My wife would love you <laughs> because <laughs> she, she, she hates negotiating. She hates to barter. I love it. I love the, you know, I love negotiating. Now there are certain things that I don't negotiate with and, 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 services like this are one of them. I wouldn't even attempt to just because I know from my experience what the value you bring to the table is. However, <laughs> in most, I'd say 90% of other situations, there's some bartering involved. And my wife just, oh, she just walks away. She can't stay. She goes, ah, you know, we were down in Mexico and, and uh, you know, those guys are trying to haggle with me before I even pitched a different price point to them there, you know, they, they had originally said 50 bucks and I was like, I don't know. Oh, I'll give it to you for 45. So then I start negotiating. She just walks off. She would pay him $50 and give him a plate of cookies if she could. Cause that's just how she is. Right. But yeah. Oh man, that's, that's fun. You know, really, cause cost is really only an issue in our world. If there's a lack of value being mm -hmm. provided, you know, you know, let's talk about baseball. You know, if, if I own the New York Yankees and I really want that player in free agency and I got to pay that guy $40 million a year. People might think, Corey, you are crazy. That, that guy's not any better than the next guy that bats in the fourth position. Well, let's connect the economic dots. If I bring in a big shot and he puts people in the seats, mm -hmm. sells tickets, and then those people in turn buy concessions and they buy jerseys and hats and all this stuff. And then the the TV network in the large New York market comes to me and says, boy, we really like the product on the field. We're going to pay you even more for the TV rights and the streaming rights. You know, all of this stuff is connect the dots economics. Yeah. And that is exactly what I, as an advisor do every day to solve things. Yeah. There's value to paying somebody what they're worth, whether that's a really, really big pile of money in professional sports or whatever industry, it comes back to value for cost. Yep. I, I love the second question that you've got here, and that is, can you explain complicated financial concepts in plain English, which is a fantastic question. Yeah, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Isn't that what life's about? Well, I'll you tell you I mean? why you wouldn't. Corey, no, I'm going I'm to jump in because I know why you would, but I know why others don't. And that is it, it just, let's just call it what it is. They have a superiority complex, Period. There are people out there in, in a lot of different professions. They want to use lingo and jargon because it, 
It makes them feel like they're smarter than the person sitting across the desk from them. And that's the problem is that they're not there to serve. They're there to show off. And that bothers me. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. And, and I even tie that into the best people in, in the world that you want to hang out with or trust are better listeners than talkers. Absolutely. And yeah, my goal in what I do, and I'll say this, I, I am really good at what I do and so is my entire team, but I sure as heck never go into a meeting thinking I'm going to show this client that I'm smarter than them. <laughs> no, yeah. I want to show them that I can explain stuff that they can understand. They walk out and they remember the experience. They don't mm-hmm. walk out and say, geez, that Corey knows a lot of big words that I'm going to have to try and figure out later. No. Finance, economics, all this stuff is not that hard. It's pretty simple. Well, at least to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but And I'm not bragging, but I'm like, by all means, we can simplify these things. It's no different than if, and we've talked about this before, if I get my car worked on at a mechanics shop, I don't care what he did. Just kind of tell me what it costs and, and, and show me that it's working and I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, or, or if you buy a new phone and you need settings changed or internet to work or emails to come in, whatever. I mean, just help me at the store and I'll go on my way and do what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And and I, I liken this to TED Talks, right? Because here's the thing is if anybody has, has watched TED Talks before, TED Talks are full of professionals that are brilliant in their field. But the reason they're doing a TED Talk is because they can break it down for the common person that is not in the field. So they can explain a heavy-duty concept in ways that are very easy to understand. And that's what makes those stories so good is that the entire audience can relate to it and go, oh, absolutely. That is so cool. That is so great. And and that's exactly what you have to do on a daily basis, right? You've got to explain these concepts you know, the, the financial rigmarole that everybody has to go through when it comes to retirement and planning and all this stuff. It's complicated, but that's, you know, that's your job. You're able to break this down and, and do it in such a way that at the end of the day, the person across the desk from you can say, okay, I get it. That's cool. I like that. Let's move forward. Right. So I love that. Right. And everybody in our society is busier. So why would you want to take an hour yeah. <laughs> to hammer home something that could be done in five or 10 minutes? I mean, it yeah. makes so much sense to me. Yep. No, absolutely. After that, we can get tacos, right? If we, if we cut down the time, we can go get tacos. That's, that's my reward. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'm really surprised at question number three that you have here. Question number three is, do you make house calls? That's an odd question. I got to be honest. It, I've got a super short answer. And then of course it's going to roll into a really long tangent. How about that? Awesome. <laughs> then we get tacos. A, a good, a, <laughs> a good advisor does not make house calls. House okay. calls to me, I envision salespeople. I envision this dates me a little bit. Vacuum cleaner salesman, encyclopedia mm-hmm. salesman. Maybe in recent times, is somebody coming to tell you they can spray your yard for weeds and fertilize it, and it's going to cost so much per square foot or whatever. I mean, what I'm saying here is, again, there's salespeople in the world, and there's planning people, and I think professional people that really care about your interests are not going to knock on your door and ask for you to to meet them and do business. However, here's my long tangent. Once trust is established and you're working with a client, would I go to their house to pick up a form that needs to be signed or have a a drink in the backyard or a barbecue if they invite me over? Sure. The relationship between an advisor and a client can turn into a friendship and it Mm -hmm. should by all means. We, We want friends. We want to work with our friends, but it still needs to be a professional relationship. And so... There's a lot of times I meet with clients 
at a coffee shop or a, a restaurant or someplace where we can watch a, a ball game together, maybe talk a little bit of business, but it's, it's still a friendship, yeah. you know, and, and there's other aspects to it. So I, I don't want everybody to tune out of this podcast and say, geez, that guy doesn't have a heart. He, he, won't, he won't come to my house or make it convenient for me. That is absolutely wrong. Convenience is key. But we're not coming to your house just to come to your house and sell you something. Yeah. Well, I, I think you said it best. It's a relationship. Once a relationship is established, there's no problem with that. It's, it's the people that are knocking on your door that don't know you that truly are there to make a sale. And that's exactly what you're talking about. So I get it. Now I understand the question a lot better because I was like, wait a second. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense to me. It's, it's really no difference than when, when you or anybody gets approached you know, on the phone or in person by, by a life insurance salesman who mm-hmm. has no background about what your situation is, but they're like, boy, I'm pretty sure you need some life insurance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Isn't it funny how every episode I pretty much throw somebody under the bus. So I guess yeah. there's one right there. Well, I get to throw somebody under the bus too, because in, in the last probably four or five years, except for when COVID was really rampant, um, I had siding people at my door probably once a month. Hey, it looks like you'd use some siding. Okay, you can see that from the street. I get it. My siding's old. Get off my porch. It was one of those things. Quit picking on me. So, yeah, no, sorry, siding folks. All right. Now, number four, does your office return calls and emails within 24 hours of my request? Great question. To me, this is just good, common customer service. It doesn't matter what your industry is. Man, take care of your clients or your prospective clients? And the answer should be yes. I mean, if you have a a properly staffed office, it's not that hard to return every call or every email every day. Now, even if you don't have the answer, return the call to the client email and just say, hey, appreciate the question. We're working on it. You will hear from us tomorrow or Mm -hmm. two days from now. You know, set the expectation. But that first step is so important because you will see who you're dealing with and how responsive they are to you down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Number five, and you've spoken a little bit about this on previous podcasts, but I know that you're going to give a reminder uh, to the audience of what this means, but everybody that's going to work with an advisor needs to ask, are you a fiduciary? Yeah, this, this is a key question and it could have been further up our list. I'm not saying some, some of these, uh, questions are worse or better than others, but let's go to the definition first. A fiduciary is someone that by law has to look out for the best interests of their clients before themselves. And, and if they don't, they're subject to criminal penalties, you know, and you want somebody that's in your corner day in, day out, 24 seven doing the right thing for you. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. This next question is is brilliant. I love this. Will you just manage one or two of my accounts while I leave other accounts at other investment offices? It's a super great question. And, and I don't know if people have already connected the dots to know what I'm going to say, but the answer is no. Now, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. The first year that I was in this industry, if you'd asked me, Corey, would you manage one of my accounts I'm going to keep the other one somewhere else just because I'll stay diversified and and I like the other guy or gal and that way everybody's happy. And I just said yes because I was new in the business and didn't know any better. But here's the problem. When you've got multiple advisors managing different pieces and they're not communicating together, you're you're going to get overlap of investments. You're going to get lack of diversification. You're going to get, you know, you got too many people driving the bus, so you're not going to get a good outcome. 
here's the other real thing. And I think I've talked about this before too, that if I know that I'm only managing part of your accounts, Eric, and somebody else is managing some other ones, I might try to take crazy risks with yours so that it performs really, really awesome. And then I can tell you, oh, mm. I'm the better guy, Eric. You should bring all your stuff here. That wasn't the right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The plan is the plan. It should not be a horse race of sorts of trying to beat the other jockey with with performance because performance is not really the ultimate scoring mechanism of success in financial planning. I'll say that again. Performance is not the number one driver of your success, Mr. or Mrs. Consumer out there. Mm-hmm. You want the plan that's for you and the one that's comfortable for you on a volatility standpoint and accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Yeah. Well, I liken it to this, and I think you touched on this slightly, but I've worked with advisors for a number of years, and I want everybody to picture their financial situation as a picture, and then that picture is broken up into pieces like a puzzle. And if one advisor has, you've got a 500-piece puzzle in front of you, and one advisor has 100 pieces, and another advisor has 100 pieces, and your brother-in-law has 100 pieces, and, and so on and so forth, there is no possible way that that picture will ever be built. Your, your, your retirement goals, <laughs> your retirement picture will never be complete and work together because they all have their own pieces. And then on top of that, they don't even know what the overall picture looks like. Each one of those individuals can't possibly know what the overall picture looks like because they've only got a portion of it. So how are they able to give you the best picture of what's to come when they've only got a hundred pieces. They got some edge pieces. They got some pieces that the dog chewed on. They got some pieces that just probably belong in the middle and they're just blank. <laughs> Who knows? Right. It's confusing. Right. It, it honestly, it's just like putting a puzzle together with your kids. Somebody's <laughs> going to take a piece and they're going to put it in their pocket because they want to be the last one exactly. to put the puzzle together. And then pretty soon, Oh, where the hell did the puzzle go? Nobody knows where the piece is. You know, it went through so. the washing machine. You know that you know that's <laughs> happening, right? It's in their pocket, yeah. and then they forget about it, and they've got a frog in there. It goes in the washing machine. The frog's toast. The puzzle piece is disintegrated, and then there's a puzzle with just one missing piece. Yep. And and what you've just described is one of the coolest visuals that's locked into my head because when I have this conversation with a prospective client, and I explain what you just explained, and I say to them, "We manage all your." assets in your plan or we manage none of it and then you should go somewhere else yeah and the light bulb comes on and their eyes light up and, and they get it and they're like we found the right guy because this makes so much sense it's just so cool I, it's just exciting to help people and and see them succeed well yeah and, and i think just we as a society need to understand that it's not a pride issue it's not like well it's all or nothing it no it really is all or nothing because that's you, the future for you is everything, right? So that's all, <laughs> you know, it has to be put together the right way. So no, I, I think that that's fantastic. Now we're getting to our last question. Are you ready? This, I am. Is a, this is a tough one, right? I mean, this well, not a tough one. I, I know you know the answer, but this is something that it's, it's hard to talk about, or it's hard for a consumer to ask this question because again, it's almost one of those taboo type questions. And that's, do you have a continuity plan or let me break it down for you. What happens if you die tomorrow, right? If, if you're my advisor, what if you get hit by a bus? That's a concern to me. So the official way right. would be, do you have a continuity plan? Yeah, this is a great question. I think a lot of people don't think of it or they, well, I shouldn't say that. They, they think of it, but they don't think of it until their advisor's quite a bit on the tail end of their career. Mm-hmm. True. Now, where I'm coming from on this, I'm an independent advisor, which means I can work with any investment platform in the country. I'm not built into a big uh, network. I'm not an employee of a large wirehouse name company. I'm running my own business. 
So continuity is, is very, very important for, for the value of my business, but especially for the value provided to clients. Because you're right, what if I don't show up to work tomorrow? My clients might be thinking about that, but they should ask me. Now, my situation is a little different. We've got other advisors. We've got an ensemble. We've got staff. It, it's a bigger operation. But there are a lot of advisors like me in this country that might just be one advisor, maybe one office staff person, you know, kind of a small operation. But what does happen if they don't show up for an extended period of time, if it's a disability situation or, or death? There needs to be a plan because otherwise Mr. and Mrs. Smith or Jones or Wilson if suddenly their advisor's not there, nobody's returning their call, who's watching their money? You know, th this is a big deal. We, we put a plan together because we want it to last multiple generations. Well, it should last multiple generations on the office side of that equation, too, for the people that work in that building to work with the clients. Yeah. And, uh, Corey, I've got a story for this. I, I, I learned this the hard way um, with my accountant, actually. And uh, a great guy, wonderful man, but he was a sole proprietor. He was just a single guy. And I did not ask that question. I didn't ask the question, what if? And one year is quite a few years ago now, but one year we had met in his office. I gave him all my paperwork. He seemed a little off, but still maybe just having a rough day or whatever. Got all of my stuff to him and left the office, high hopes, so on and so forth. And, you know, as a small business owner, he was helping me out with my, all of my stuff and about two months later, I get a phone call. He's like, hey, I need you to bring in your paperwork. Like, we we already did. <laughs> I, I already I already brought that in. No, no, I, for this year. No, I, I already did. We uh, And I looked back on my calendar. We met such and such time and this day. And he's like, oh, well, I'm pretty sure you didn't leave it. I'm like, okay, I'll take a look. But, you know, I, I knew that I had. And and then a couple weeks later, and I, I called him, no, no answer, no answer. Ends up that he had actually begun uh, to have some onslaught of dementia. And we really got in a bind because of that. And I, and I, I don't necessarily blame him. I blame myself. I mean, it, is, it was my fault. But at the same time, he lost all sorts of things, and he just shut down very quickly. He went downhill very, very quickly. And so that really screwed up my taxes for about two years. And I, I paid the price for it, trust me. <laughs> but... There was no continuity plan. There was no backup plan for that. And I just didn't even think about it when we were, you know, we had worked together for a few years already and uh, he was always really prompt and on time. And all of a sudden it just went downhill because you see him, you know, once a year. And so all of a sudden in that year's time, health degenerated a bit. And next thing I know, I have no accountant. I have none of my paperwork from, you know, from that <laughs> year, my receipts are gone and it's just, it's just a mess. So this, I thought that was a great question and I, I learned the lesson the hard way. So I'm hoping the listener says, Oh, even though it may be a little bit morbid to ask, Hey, what happens if you kick it? You got to ask that question. Right. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, a lot of life lessons are learned from, from situations like this or, or yeah. when you lose money on something, quite honestly. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the point of, of what an advisor or a good coach in finances does is, you know, try to encourage you to, to avoid missteps. And, and we talked about this in the last episode of the podcast that there are storms that are going to come in life, but sometimes we can avoid them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, with a little bit of planning or the right questions, it, it simplifies the situation. It maybe helps you avoid a situation you could have avoided. So. Yep. And you'll never guess who scans all his receipts and documents now to keep them in the cloud in case the physical <laughs> copies get lost. <laughs> there you go. See? Yep. 
progress, not perfection. I'm learning. Progress. So <laughs> that's good. That's super good. That's super yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's one question that's not on your list, and so I'm just going to add it on here uh, because it's just from me. Corey, would you go out to tacos with me? <laughs> are, are we talking soft shell or hard shell? Uh, you, oh, that's your choice. I mean, I'll, I'll do probably some hard shell tacos uh, just because I love that crunch, but I, I'm not picky when it comes to that as long as we're having tacos. I am good with that, and, and I'm not just one of those amateurs that that only has tacos on the on the fifth of May every year. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yep. Yep. Absolutely. All year round. <laughs> That's right. Corey, well, thank you so much. This, these are great questions. And I know that you're actually going to have this as a resource for anybody who wants it on your website, correct? Yes. We have this in a white paper format that we can send to you. We can email to you, but we're also going to have it on the website under our uh, blog tab. Okay. If people want to go there. Perfect. All right. It's a great thing to be able to print off and, and have those questions ready, whether you're you know meeting with Corey or you're meeting with somebody else. That's why he does this, educational purposes. But if you do want to ask these questions of Corey, or maybe you're working with an advisor that you never ask these questions to, and you want a second opinion on if they're doing the right thing, Corey's open to it. Corey, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. Give us a call. 800-657-4316. All right. Corey, thank you so much for your time today, man. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. And our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the win podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today for everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.